If you're a Christian coach, speaker, or influencer, this is the right place. You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for biblical encouragement, spirit-led wisdom, and practical ideas as you answer God's calling to increase your authority by becoming an author. I'm Nika Maples, and I can help you write your next book so that you can take your business to the next level while advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name. This is episode 135, Keep Pace with God's Grace, with Pam Whitley Taylor. Today's episode is an interview with one of my extraordinary clients. When Pam learned that her daughter Jan had experienced brain damage during heart surgery, she could have taken doctor's advice and given up on any hope of growth or recovery. But Pam knew that the great physician was the one who had created her daughter, and he still had a purpose for Jan. If you need a reminder that God is with you during the hard times, please listen in to my conversation with Pam Whitley Taylor, author of the brand new book, God's Grace Keeps Pace. Everyone listening today, you already know that you are an anointed and appointed writer and that God has positioned and prepared you for such a time as this. I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. I have with me one of my clients and successful writers, someone who is just coming out with a brand new book. Her name is Pam Whitley Taylor, and I have so enjoyed working with her, and I know you're going to enjoy listening to her story. Welcome, Pam. Oh, thank you so much, Nika, and I'm excited to be here, and I'm honored. Thank you so much. I'm honored, too. Okay, so what is the title and subtitle of your new book? Okay, it's God's Grace Keeps Pace. And it's embracing contentment in the midst of caregiving, grief, and loss. Mm. And I know that's going to be helpful to so many women who are in that caretaking role. God's grace keeps pace. So tell us a little bit about who it's best for. What kind of things will a reader learn from reading God's grace keeps pace? That there is hope in any situation, no matter how hard it is. I think I just had someone call me yesterday that is like 81 and going just lost their mother who lived to be 105. They're going through a hard time. And she said, this helped me so much because, you know, she's grieving, but she's also at a stage in her own life that's difficult. So it was written for people going through hard times, Mm -hmm. learning to walk, because sometimes those hard times, as you know, last a lifetime right? and learning to embrace contentment and joy in the middle of it, because God is such a, you know, ever present in the middle of it all. And when I decided to write this book, actually, I wasn't planning on writing it, but I wound up taking your class because I thought my daughter-in-law had a book she needed to write. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to encourage her. And then I got in your class, Sue Ferguson had recommended it as a student highly. And you inspired me so much because I do believe we all have a story as, as God's kids that need to be shared to encourage our brothers and sisters. And you 
did that for me, Nika. You encouraged me to tell my story, to write. You gave me the insight of how to get it down. And um, I'm so thankful that I was able to get it down and get it done. (laughs) So I didn't even realize that, I don't think, Pam. So you didn't even come into the, the course planning to write a book yourself. No, I didn't. I, you know, I've, I've written for years and I self-published a book in the nineties about my multiple handicapped daughter. And I felt like God led me to do that. And I've written little booklets through the years that have the scriptures that God gave me to help me get through. So I've always had a burning desire to help people that are hurting because I've been there. But I was wanting her to write. I thought that's why God was leading me here. Then I got to your class and I was so inspired that I started reworking my old book, adding everything. And I still thought I was doing that for my kids in the future. So they would have the story of all the things God did. It didn't dawn on me until about July, I think, when I really realized I'm writing a book. (laughs) Wow. I love that, Pam. And I, I see God's hand all over it because my friend Sue had invited me two or three times to take the class. And I would always say, well... I'm not really writing a book. So, and she was, you know, and I said, I'm sure I would enjoy it. But then I did go listen to your TED Talks Mm -hmm. and I was very inspired. And I knew you were someone that had walked in hard places and that inspired me. Right. And then it comes down to Angie, who's in your class. Coming mm-hmm. over and I, she spread out all this stuff that she said she was wanting to do a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it, I said, I don't think that's a newsletter. I think that's a book. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it went from there. I called okay. Sue and she said, oh, yes, you would love it. Contacted you, started the class. Lo and behold, I wrote a book. <laughs> that is. Oh, <laughs> That is fantastic. You know, the Lord always makes a way. We don't always know what he's up to. And then we find out, well, you thought you were doing this to encourage Angie. And then it ended up that he had something to bring through you. That's so exciting. I do want to delve into a little bit of your backstory, because I think the reason you were drawn to me, you said you you could tell I had walked through hard places. Yes. And, you know, I know that deep calls to deep. And it's almost like this kinship you feel with somebody who has experienced trauma or disappointment, chronic, the chronic need for faith. Yes. And so tell the listeners today about how that looks in your life. Well, my first loss was my dad died when I was like 26. And that threw me for a loop. I was already a Christian. Already believed in God, but his loss I was not prepared for because he had always been very healthy. On the heels of his loss, we had our second child. My husband and I had our second baby. She suffered brain damage during an open heart surgery. She had an undetectable birth defect. And we were told ultimately that she would never smile or respond in any way and that we should put her away. I was told that more than once. 
Meaning but, in an assisted living home type yes, of Yes, in a nursing home. Yes. Because they said she would never smile. One doctor said, this child will never smile or respond. She'll never count to 10, read, or be able to do anything. She had terrible seizures. Wait a second, Pam. I want to linger there for just a moment. Sure. When you hear something like that, you know, she'll never even smile or respond. What what kind of things were coming up for you? You were already a Christian, I assume, at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions, what kind of thoughts were coming up during that moment? I my mind was filled with questions. God, is this true? Where are you? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do? And so I began to seek him with everything that was within me because I did not believe that he had given our child to us to be a vegetable and never respond. But I, I just was, you know, devastated. We were as a family devastated. And as I began to seek God, literally one step at a time, he showed me in the chapel before we ever brought her home from the hospital after she suffered brain damage, we had gone down to pray. And I was in my mind thinking, God, where are you? Do you know my child is dying? Where are you? A friend that I was just meeting, you know, like the week before at church came to the hospital. And as I'm kneeling, saying, where are you? She doesn't know what's going through my mind. Mm. She says, let me read this scripture. It was Psalm 139. As I'm saying, God, where are you? I saw you in your mother's womb and I numbered the days of your life before you were ever born. How amazing it is to think about. And at that moment, I knew, oh, Lord, you're right here. You saw her being formed. You knew this was going to happen. And at that point, we prayed and turned her life over to God. And then we brought home a critical care child in about a month. And once again, you know, I held on to that scripture always. But we found out how difficult it was going to be. And that I always knew God had a plan. Long story short, we wound up doing a program that God led us on to for two years. We had 120 volunteers and we made all the normal things happen for Jan. When we started that program, Jan didn't smile or respond in any way. Four and how, months, old, how old was she at that time? She was 13 months when we started the program. Mm-hmm. And the book tells about what led us onto that program, mm-hmm. how prayer, God, I fully believe he led us onto that program. Mm-hmm. It's called the hardest program in the world, but we made all the normal things happen for her. We patterned her, we crawled mm-hmm. for her. And so that that's what you mean by the 120 volunteers. I've read about this yes. type of, patterning where yes you you help a person who's paralyzed you help their limbs move in a pattern to like similar to crawling yes we Uh, had a table that was counter height and padded it took five of us me turning her head and them doing her limbs and we did how many hours a day was that we would do the crawling for probably three hours off and on in segments of 15 minutes at a time. 
We did lights to her eyes. We mm-hmm. did prone boards and we did, you wouldn't believe what all we did. Mm-hmm. And, and we had it real scheduled and, you know, we did it all day, basically every waking hour. Wow. And within four months on that program, she started to smile. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and wow. God always let me know I'm working through this program. The program wasn't doing it, but I'm working through this program. Right. And my prayer, Jen was, she was so severely brain damaged. She wasn't up to level with a newborn. Okay. And so we, in that length of time, saw her come to the level of about a six or eight month old. And she stayed there for 28 years. Wow. But she laughed and giggled. And that had been our prayer. Lord, I prayed for healing. But if you're not going to heal her, I just want her happy and enjoying life. Mm. And that little girl, oh, she loved life. And, you know, when you see a newborn or a six month old, pardon me, how they will, you can do the silliest things and they will laugh and laugh till they just flip on their side. That's where she stayed. Mm. And I can tell you when she died, I had letters and I have a booklet of them from people saying, Jan, bless my life so much. And so the book is about uh, the first probably I'm going to say 12 chapters are about what all we did and how we saw Jan blossom and become this beautiful little girl. The next parts of it, in 2000, in a period of four years, I lost my only sister, my brother, my husband of 33 years, and then Jan. Oh. And. um, Oh, damn, how devastating. I was so devastated. And I I was a speaker for Christian Women's Club for about 15 years. And during that period of time, I got where I couldn't even do it because there was it was so painful. Yes. Fast forward to to this book. I was talking to the Lord about what would I write? And he said, just show where you saw my grace shine through. And that's how the book, that's how I wrote it. And his grace was all over it, just Mm -hmm. all over it. From, I say in the book, from hummingbirds to a handful of roses that someone brought when my husband was on hospice and having seizures to, I can't even explain. It was just continual. Mm -hmm. He made a way through his grace. And that's what the rest of the book shares is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter where you're walking. It's like Corey Tim Boone. You know, that was one of the first stories God sent me when my dad was dying was hiding place. He showed me then that he's not a respecter of persons. He walks with each one of us like he has with you and your incredible story. So that's my book. (laughs) Wow. Uh, okay, so Jan, against all odds, she was able to smile and not only smile, but laugh. When the doctor said she couldn't respond, 
Would you say that she was responding to you and connecting with you? She occasionally responded to me early in the morning when she first woke up. And I told the neurologist that. I said, well, she does respond. I've seen her smile. And he said, parents see things they want to see. There is too much brain damage. Mm -hmm. And so I thought... I, I sat by her bed waking, waiting for her to wake up and caught pictures of her smile. Oh. And so I knew she smiled on occasion. It wasn't very often. She cried right. probably 95% of the time because oh, her brain was so devastated by everything. So, right. But God did have a plan. And we were told she wouldn't live to be three because she had still had a hole in her heart that they couldn't repair when she, she went into shock during the open heart surgery. And so they said she'll die of pneumonia before three. And then finally, when she outlived that and lived to 12, they said, well, her scoliosis is so bad, it will compromise her organs and she probably won't live past, you know, 12, 13. At 18, we had an ER visit and the doctor at the ER who saw her for the first time, she was giggling and laughing because the ambulance ride had been so fun for her and that <laughs> doctor. So I was in this great mood because I was just laughing at her. She just had a cut. And the doctor said, ma'am, you do realize she's terminal. And I looked at him. And I had to start laughing. And I said, we're all terminal. <laughs> and I said, I've been told she won't live since she was born. So I said, she's a gift. And only God knows the number of her days. Yes. And she lived to be 28. Wow. But she... <laughs> what, a, what a testimony of victory. Well, and you know, she, she not only laughed and giggled, but she loved music and she loved, we used to play this Gaither song called, I am a promise. I am a possibility. We would pray that for her over and over. And I knew she's a promise to be whatever God has called her to be. And I have to say, even though she was my daughter, she was one of the most delightful little people I ever knew. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. If people were able, I'm sorry, I'm choked up. <laughs> if people were able to remark to you that she blessed their lives, I just, I just think we have misunderstood how God uses people. You know, yes. we think that they have to have certain skills to be effective or have an yes. impact. And you look at Jan, yes. here she is, she's impacting me in this moment, you see, and I've never even met her. But then also just to smile and, and laugh. Yes. And that simplest, and to, she was dependent on you in every other way, completely mm -hmm. dependent. And yet, look how effective she was. Yes. To to teach the physicians something about prognoses and possibilities, yes. but also to have that to shine a light of joy, yes, for people around her, yes, and 
Do you know, Nika, during the hardest, and her care was very, very hard, and she grew in size, and I, I'm about 5'2". I didn't, and, <laughs> but she stayed an infant, so picking her up was very hard. And yeah. and I remember praying when she was probably three, saying, Lord, I think I have to have some help. And he sent me a lady that cleaned for me for two years every other week. And that kept my head above water. Yes. But what I wanted to share about it was that that lady was named Rose. And I was on a waiting list. I heard about her and how wonderful she was. And when she heard about us, she said she told the Lord, she was a Christian. She told the Lord, Lord, I don't want to clean for that lady because I don't want to have to deal with seeing that little girl because she heard mm -hmm. about the little girl. Right. And she had just lost a grandchild to crib death and she was grieving. So she said, mm -hmm. I can't handle that. But she said, I did pray about it. And she said, as soon as I prayed about it, God spoke to my heart. I want you to help her. She needs mm -hmm. you. She came and she later told me that whole story. And she said, Pam, she said, when I saw Jan, I fell in love with her. And she said, she just blessed my heart so that I can't not, you know, <laughs> come here. And do you I know, not come here? Yeah, eventually Jan had to go in a nursing facility because I could no longer lift her. Mm -hmm. And Rose, that friend that yeah. cleaned every other week for two years, would call. Jan was born January the 1st. She would call every January the 1st at the nursing home and ask to have that phone taken to Jan's ear so she could sing happy birthday to her. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is. And Jan you know, couldn't talk, but she could hear her laugh. She could hear, right? I'm and sorry. Listen, there's no apology necessary. <laughs> what I live for is to hear the goodness of God in people's lives. Yes. The Bible tells us that we, that we display his manifold grace, his multi- faceted grace yes i i never get tired of yes. hearing these stories because you get maybe you identify with how you get kind of in a bubble thinking oh this is just because it's all consuming to be a yes. caregiver and yes. like i remember when i was being taken care of by my mom and i was so dependent on her as a 20 year old or every every daily yes. life activity and we were kind of in a bubble because you have to have your routines yes I mean, you you live by these systems and routines of like yes. oh this is the way we get ready to leave the house and this is the way yes you know, you know there's every little thing and you forget god is ministering in homes all over the world that are there's yes. a little bubble we're, he's doing it everywhere. Yes. For me to hear that he was just as present in your home as he was in mine during yes. your crisis. It's fascinating. But I wanted, I got so choked up thinking about Rose, your friend, because 
She didn't want to go. You know how many times do we say, I can't handle that, God. I don't want to do that. And yet she was so impacted. The lasting effect was she just wanted to celebrate Jen's birth and sing over her. And she found a connection with your daughter. How precious. She loved Jen so much. And you know, so many times the very thing that we want don't want to do is the very thing where there's the richest blessing. Oh, say it again. Say it again. The very thing we don't want to do is the very thing where the richest blessing of God lays. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to. And I love how you emphasize Asking God, always taking it to God. That's the other thing I've loved about you, Nika. By the way, you're one of the people the book's dedicated to. There are several, (laughs) but you're one of them. (laughs) Thank you so much. What an honor. What an honor. But yeah, I, I wanted anyone listening today to hear you say it again, that the very thing we don't want to do, the reason that we don't want to do it is likely because Satan has put a veil over yeah. our eyes made it late. that's what deception is is yes. not being able to see accurately it's why you know even the apostle paul he thought he was seeing accurately when he was persecuting christians but the scales yes. had to fall off his eyes yes. for him to see correctly and when we think we don't want to do something it's because we've been deceived We're, we've been blinded to yes. the blessing that is there for us but god always has blessing for us yes Yes. His, I tell you, this name of this book, God's Grace Keeps Pace. When I finished the book and I each subtitle is another place God's grace kept pace. Mm-hmm. I saw the definition for grace is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's there every step of the way. He's there. I, I mean, I could look back and just see his hand of grace just here, there, all over the place, like the 444 I told about that just kept appearing. And Uh I find out, you know, why he's showing me I'm with you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Chances are it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be joyful and it's going to be beautiful. Right. He has a way of showing us those little I've heard them called God winks, those little yes. things that are just little sweet communications yes. to us about his presence that he sees us, that he yes. knows. So then you went through the time of grief of losing so many loved ones all at one time. And you're you're saying that that's included in the book too, kind of Yes, that's in the book, and it goes up until I met John, Angie's the gal that I took yeah. the course for dad and he was going through his own season of hurts and we met in Sunday school and we've been married 11 years Mm. and through him I've learned photography he's in fact these little booklets I do call follow the shepherd for comfort he's been in there binding them for me and hand coloring I'll show it to you the front (laughs) and so he took two broken people that lives have been shattered and he made a new thing. Yes. And, and uh, you know, I miss my old life, but I embrace this new life as well. Yes. And, and we just trust him with it, you know? 
Yes. We give him those broken pieces. Yes. And he makes something. Look, look at how many people you reach, Nika, with your mm. just your life and the hope you have and the, how he's graced you. He's in the business helping us put those broken pieces back together and make something yes. beautiful out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the faith that is required, whether it's in the chronic or or daily need for caretaking faith, or whether it's the daily need for faith in a time of grief. Yes. It's the faith that pleases him. Yes. And so when we feel like we have nothing left to give, he is still so delighted that we come to him and say, I depend on you. Just Absolutely. like Anne was a, was a child dependent on her parents, yeah. we are children dependent on our father. That's so true. That is so mm-hmm. true. Absolutely. Well, Pam, I, I know there are people listening who would love to get a copy of your book. And and I want them to also know about where to get the, the book of scriptures that you just showed me. And this is an audio, but yeah. yeah booklet I just have myself I bind them and and it's just the scriptures that pulled me through those years of caregiving Mm -hmm. and I felt like God laid it on my heart he said I I want you to share with people how I got you through with all Mm -hmm. these scriptures and so that's what it is but the book is on Amazon yeah. Yeah. This is just, I, I felt like it should be something people could put by their bed stand yeah. at the hospital because we had a lot of ter- times mm-hmm. at the hospital. But the book is that will come out on Amazon October the 4th. It can mm-hmm. be pre ordered now. I ordered 180 in color, mm-hmm. and the inside, you know, is in color, which you'll see shortly when yours comes. Oh. And I didn't know I was going to have that option and they were so expensive in color that I could order wholesale. And that's why I got the 180 because a lot of my friends says, I want the colored pictures with Jan because they love Jan, but it will be in Kindle and on Amazon. It'd be Barnes and Noble. Uh And I think they even said Walmart. I would assume you have to order it, but you can look on Amazon and see it it's mm-hmm. by trilogy publishing oh okay wonderful all right so anyone who's looking for your book needs to look up look it up by your name they can google pam whitley taylor or god's grace keeps pace and my email address is god's grace keeps pace at gmail.com Sounds good. God's grace keeps pace at gmail.com. So even if someone is wanting one of those bedside flip charts of, of yes, they can email you there and you, and you guys can be in touch. And I just mailed them for the first time today. I used to mail them in the nineties. It costs as much to mail one as it does to mail five. It cost me three fifty to mail one because it's mm. hard stop. So if you're going to order it, you probably order want five. Yeah, you probably want to order five because I was shocked. I said three, yes. <laughs> and that's media yeah. rate. That's the yeah. cheapest they could give me. Wow. Yeah, order five, and then you can give them to friends. Yeah. That would be wonderful. All right. Well, Pam, I I want to tell you how 
how much of a pleasure it's been to get to know you for the over the last year. Mm-hmm. You've done amazing things. I'm proud of you for this book. Thank you. I Mika. pray that it really blesses a lot of people. Thank you. That's my book. prayer. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Thank He's you. I just, along with thousands, love you, Nika. I love you too. Thank Thank you. you. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? I love creating weekly lessons that will bring value and insight to you about your writing, publishing, and book marketing journey. When you listen to my podcast, you learn through your ears. But when you watch my YouTube channel, you learn through your eyes and ears, making double the impact in half the time. See you over on YouTube.